In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The name of Jesus is a powerful weapon. To call upon Jesus and to call him by his various titles, the Son of God, the Christ, the Savior of the world, is to take a powerful sword in your hands, a sword that can be used to destroy many enemies. It can be used to conquer Satan and his fallen angels. It can be used to cut down, cut through despair and sorrow. You can be used to tear down the power of worldly princes, even, as we've seen throughout history. Used to be pierced into the darkened hearts of unbelievers and enemies of the gospel. The name of Jesus is a powerful sword that can be used against just about anything. But, of course, one thing that it can't be used against, that the name of Jesus can't be used against, is Jesus himself. You can't pick up the sword of his name and use it to destroy him, which also means that no one can pick up the sword of that name and use it to destroy those who belong to him. This is something the demon in our gospel text for today learns firsthand, although that term learns is, I suppose, not terribly accurate since I'm not entirely certain that the demons are actually capable of learning anything, but you get the idea. So here Jesus is teaching in Capernaum in this synagogue, and this unclean spirit identifies Jesus, calling him the Holy One of God. So this is a phrase that's fairly similar to the Holy One of Israel, which is one that's used oftentimes by the prophets in the Old Testament in reference to the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world. It's also the same phrase that Peter uses to describe Jesus in John chapter 6. After saying to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. But, of course, when the demon utters this phrase, he's not like Peter here. He doesn't say this out of faith and out of praise. Rather, the demon isn't begging Jesus to be set free from the condemnation it has received. It's, in fact, mocking Christ. The demon seems to think, if I can utter his name and show him that I know who he is, this this will give me some sort of power over him. If I can sneer his title in his face and show him that I'm aware of this plan of salvation that he's come to fulfill, then perhaps I can rattle him and this will be like ripping the sword out of his hands and using it against him. I'll foul up his plan of salvation and rob him of his own power by using his own sword against him. But as Jesus makes very clear, the demons don't get to speak his name. They don't get to wield the sword against him. And they also don't get to wield the sword of his name against us, which is why Jesus not only silences the demon, but cast it out of the man it is oppressing and possessing. Jesus wants that man to see, just as he wants all of us to see, that his name is indeed the most destructive weapon in the universe. But it only destroys one way. It's a one-way sword that only destroys sin and condemnation, and that never destroys the promises of God or those who receive those promises. The demons, of course, refuse to learn this lesson. And so the same thing is happening to us in the world 
all the time with those who are under their influence. And we see the same thing constantly happening among those who think like the demons and who foolishly believe the sword of Jesus' name can be ripped from his hands and used against him and his church. There are a number of ways in which this happens. I think if you tally up the number of times in your life when you've been watching TV or movies or you've been in public and hearing conversation, the number of times you've heard the name of Jesus spoken aloud, the name Jesus Christ, what percentage of those times was that name uttered as a kind of song of praise? And what percentage of that times you heard that name uttered was it uttered as a curse? It's a pretty bad ratio in favor of faithfulness in the world. So what's happening with all of that? Why would, this, why would the world take this most sacred, precious name of our Savior and turn it into a, a foul, obscene utterance, typically one of anger and frustration? Well, it's because under the power of the demons, the people want us to believe that the name of Jesus is ultimately powerless, that it has no real ability to save us from anything, that it can be treated as worthless, as though it's not even real, as though it's some kind of toy. And in all of that, the world wants us to think that they can take away our hope and drive us to despair by using the name of Jesus against those who hold him sacred. You'll see the same thing in the way that people often talk about the church, where they try to pit Christ against his church. You've probably heard this, this quote at some point. It's often attributed to Gandhi, although I don't know if he ever actually said it. But the quote is, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians, right? Or you'll hear something similar to this of, I love Jesus. It's just his followers that I can't stand. That's, of course, a foolish thing for people to say. That would be like if someone said to me, no, 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 I love you. I just hate your children, <laughs> right? And I go, well, if you hate my children, then I don't think you love me either. And I don't think we're going to be on terribly great terms with each other. Well, what, pe- what do people mean when they say that? Well, the reality is, is that they don't mean they love Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, sent to redeem them from their sins, because they don't believe that. They don't actually believe that Jesus has any power or lordship over them. Rather, they treat us this way and treat us as though we're enemies of Christ, because they want to use that name against us to stop us from calling upon Christ, to fill us with shame and humiliation, to make us think that they have pierced us through with this name of Jesus, that we are somehow too unworthy to take upon our lips, typically because we don't share their politics or whatever it might be, that they use the, they use the name of Jesus Christ to tell us you are not worthy enough. You are not holy enough to speak the name of Jesus. You may not have that name and wield that sword, but we will wield it against you so that you'll stop calling upon that name. It's a silly trick that people pull, but it's oftentimes effective at rattling Christians. And I think the reason this rattles us so much is because this is a kind of outward and audible manifestation of the same trick that the demons often use when they whisper to your heart, right? So you you find yourself staring at your sins in this life and you're horrified by what you see. You see that you just kept going back to the same transgressions over and over again. You swore that you were gonna change, that things were gonna be different. And yet here you are once again staring at this pile 
of your wretchedness. And in that moment of sorrow, the demons worm their way into your conscience and foul up your thinking. And just as they said to Jesus, we know who you are, the demons look at you and they say, we know who you are. Look at your sins. How could this holy one of God love someone so unholy? If Jesus really is who he says he is, how could he possibly love you when this is the way that you've loved him in return? By just going back to your filth time and time again. Why would he even listen to someone who has no right to take his holy name upon their lips? Or conversely, the demons will say to you, look, if this, is, if this Jesus of yours is really the savior of the world, why isn't it working? Why aren't you living as though you're saved? If he's the one who has redeemed you and given you back your life, why doesn't anything in your life look like that? If Jesus Christ really is the Messiah, the anointed one of God, well, how can he have any real power if you just keep anointing yourself with filth and sin over and over again? So the demons tell you either you're too sinful to wield the sword of Jesus' name or that sword is powerless and it won't do anything to actually give you peace, to give you purity, to give you eternal life. Either way, stop reaching for it. Stop calling upon this name of Jesus. It won't work. So the demons say, motivated by that same hatred of the light that came into the world through Jesus Christ. But as Jesus showed us in our gospel text for today, the demons don't get to speak his name to him, and they also don't get to speak his name to you. They don't get to wield that sword against him or against you. And this is something Jesus showed us again in his interaction with the chief priest throughout the Passion, right? So throughout his Passion, the chief priests are acting under demonic influence, and they're trying the same trick. They're trying to take the name of Jesus and use it as a weapon to destroy him. And they do this in particular by insisting that Jesus tell them plainly whether or not he is the Christ. Even though he's performed a thousand miracles at this point that they could see and point to that show he's the fulfillment of all of the scriptures. Well, that's not what they're interested in. They don't want an answer to that question. They haven't been waiting with anticipation for the Lord to fulfill his promises. Rather, that promise of the Son of God, they want to use that name and that title like a sword, but not so much a sword of battle, but like a family heirloom that's far too sacred of a thing to touch. We've all had, kind of had family heirlooms or fine china in our homes like that that we never had an occasion that we were holy enough to use them for, right? And so they, they want to set this up so that this is such a holy thing that Jesus can't touch it. And if he tries to touch it, if he does, in fact, affirm that he is the son of God, then they can take that sword that he's reaching out for and they can pierce him with it and put him to death for blasphemy. They can finally be rid of him. That's their plan when they take up this name of Jesus, when they ask him if he is indeed the son of God. But Jesus won't play their game. 
He silences the chief priests just as he silences the demons. But in this case, he silences them by being silent himself, by being led silently like a lamb to the slaughter. And there at the cross, Jesus fulfilled his name, Savior, fulfilled his title, Messiah, by wielding a different sword, the sword of judgment, the two-sided sword of judgment and mercy. As his hands were pierced to the tree, Jesus took the sword of divine power in his hand and pierced the serpent and all of his demons. He conquered the one who would not stop reaching for the sword of his name, but could never actually grasp it. So there at Calvary, Jesus pierced the serpent, pierced his judgment into the devil by piercing his righteousness into you. There, Jesus used that sword of mercy to slaughter your sinful nature, to destroy the old man in you who was unworthy to take his name and who was unworthy to stand beside him, who was unworthy to be loved by God. But the was unworthy man that you were, you were. You are no longer that man because there at the cross, with his dying words, Jesus destroyed that sinful man. In his mercy, in his love, he swung that sword and hacked you into pieces. Hacked your sins, rather, into pieces. Everything that made you unworthy to stand beside the worthy one. All of that filth of your own own anointing that had caked up upon your flesh and your soul. Jesus diced it into viscera and washed it away in the cleansing flood of his blood. Throughout Christ's ministry, Satan tried with all of his might to wrest the sword from Christ's hand. But at the cross, your Lord revealed that he could not possibly be defeated because the devil was unworthy to wield that sword. And with his final breath, Jesus took the final swing and slaughtered the serpent. And on the third day, He picked that sword back up, stood before you, and swore that Satan would never be able to use the sword of his name against you. So as I mentioned before, when Jesus casts out the demon from this man in Capernaum, he didn't do this simply to show the demons that they could never use Jesus' name against him. He also did this to show the demons that they could never use the name of Jesus against that man or anyone else who belongs to his Lord. Yes, just as the demons can't wield the sword of Christ's name against Christ, they can't wield it against the faithful. So in this great and wonderful moment, Jesus is boasting of his power over Satan but he's also pouring out compassion and love upon this poor, oppressed man. And there, in that spirit of love, Jesus casts that demon away and sets everything clearly before him and shows that man what it's like to stare into the bright, shining steel of the sword of mercy. 
Jesus wanted that man to see salvation glowing from the sword of his name. And to see that that man was now worthy to take that sword into his own hands. Today, Jesus wants you to see the same thing. So the day will, of course, come when those who use our Lord's name as a curse to mock and devalue it will have to bow before the mighty presence of God and see that the only thing they succeeded at was slicing their tongues to pieces, trying to curse that holy name that they could not curse. The day will come when those who said they loved Christ but not his Christians will see that Christ never stopped loving his Christians and that Christ has taken his name off of their lips forever so that they may no longer profane it. And on that day, they will be forced to watch our Lord standing before his faithful as he eternally crushes and slaughters all of the lies and deceit of the proud. The day will come when all who tried to use the name of Jesus as a weapon against us and against him will be thrown to the ground and they will have to confess through gritted teeth like the demons that Jesus is Lord and his name cannot be conquered. And because of this, the day is now here when you can command the demons to be silent when they assault your conscience. When the world tells you that Jesus' name is worthless because you're worthless. When the world tells you that Jesus couldn't possibly love a corrupt sinner like you. And when the demons worm into your conscience and torment you with these thoughts and these fears. That God could not possibly fulfill his promises to you. What do you do? Well, in that moment, you take the hands that Jesus has redeemed and sanctified and washed in his blood. You take those hands covered in the blood of Jesus Christ and you pick up your brother's sword. You take up the sword of his name and you drive the demons away and you hack them into pieces by rejoicing in that name. Are you a vile sinner, unworthy to wield the sword of the name of Christ? No, you are not. Your baptized hands tell you otherwise always. And your tongue has now been purified by those same waters of holy baptism. And you have been given the right to call upon that name forever. So when the demons assault you with guilt, don't succumb to their lies. Call upon the name of Jesus. Pray with that name bursting forth from your tongue. Sing it, chant it, shout it, read it, scream it from the rooftops and whisper it under your breath. When the demons assault you with guilt, when they try to make you drop the sword of Christ's name by assaulting you with the memory of your sins, don't think for a moment that they are successfully using that name against you. They can't. They are not worthy to hold that name in their hands. But you are. So hold that name and swing it and hack the demons to pieces by speaking the name of your brother who gave up his life for you 
your brother who will always love you, who will always cherish you, and who right now protects you with his salvation, just as he always will. The name of Jesus Christ is the most powerful weapon in existence. It is the most destructive sword ever swung. But it is a one-way sword, thanks be to God. The demons cannot use it against Christ or against you. But Christ always can and always will use it against them. And he will always use that name to defend you. So put your hands on the hilt and don't be afraid. The sword and the name is yours forever.